Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a mom of three kids, ages two, five, and seven, and I live in Southern California. And I'm Megan. I am the mom of five kids, ages six through 17, and I live in Michigan. This is the Mom Hour, part of the Life Listened Network. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 21 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers here, as always, with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. How are you doing? I am doing great. I can't believe we're uh, here at episode 21. Today, we're going to be talking about, we're going to debunk the myth of the good school mom. What that means, we're going to be talking about what it means to be a good school year mom, how sometimes we get pressured into uh, being a certain way at our kids' school, being involved and um, out of a little bit of guilt maybe, and how we just don't need to do that to ourselves. So you wrote a great post a few years ago about this that I'm going to kind of use to guide us through. And we also got some really cool feedback from teachers and our Facebook community on how to be a, quote, good school mom this year uh, without putting too much pressure on yourself. So that is today's topic, and I'm excited about it. Me too. Uh, I feel yeah. like I should say something really quick. Um, although I promised Sarah she would be in charge for the whole <laughs> beginning of this episode, I lied and I'm taking over for I a know, second. We never. <laughs> I wanted to let people know in case they were looking for that Facebook community that we actually were successfully able to, we didn't know if this was going to happen, yes. but we were actually able to change the name of the old Happiest Home community, which was kind of, has kind of been sunsetted is the mm-hmm. phrase that we're using. And we were able to just switch that over to the Mom Hour. So if you search for the Mom Hour on Facebook, you should find us, I think. Yes. The the URL is happiest home still. We're working on changing that. Facebook is a little, you know, they're a little picky about what you can do. don't want us bait and switching you all. Right. Um, hopefully it won't be seen that way because it's just us doing the same thing we did before. Um, but uh, so, and we can link to that maybe in the show notes. Yes, definitely. Okay. Um, actually, we're kind of ramping up our social media engagement across the board um, and people are following us and liking us and commenting and we appreciate it. And speaking of that, um, I thought it'd be fun today to just read a couple of little notes we've gotten from readers over the last few weeks. Readers, I always say that, listeners. Um, and just thank you guys for your feedback and also just kind of share what other people are saying about this show. If you're brand new to the show, welcome. Um, and I just picked a few to read that just warm our hearts and almost get to the heart of the show better than you and I can because we bumble and ramble a lot. But um, so Lydia said, it's so hard to find podcasts about motherhood and parenting that aren't preachy and that don't make me feel inadequate as a mom. I love that one. Um, me too, because so, that's like basically our entire goal is to, right. to I think, not yeah, be preachy I mean. or make you feel inadequate. These wonderful people are really uh, branding our show better than we could. <laughs> yeah, um, so thank you, Lydia. Um, this one is from Kate and a couple of things she said I love. She said, I'm new to the podcast world and found the mom hour on iTunes recommended list, which 
Um, if you've been with us from the beginning, we were on iTunes, uh, new and noteworthy, right? From the yeah. start, which yes. was great. Mm-hmm. And she said, and though I'm only listening, it feels like I've joined a mother's group, which oh, I so love. Great. I love that so too. We're happy to have us. She said, I like the substantive and it's specific advice. Um, I'm refreshed by your honesty and appreciate that you're confident enough in your approaches in of motherhood not to scrub out the less glamorous aspects or the shortcuts. You do all of us moms a favor by being supportive and imperfect. And again, that's our goal, right? Yeah. I think half the time we just tell you guys we don't know what we're talking about and right. um, we're working through it together. <laughs> And then this last one was from Morgan. Morgan said, I recently found your website and I'm devouring the podcast. She said, I find myself laughing and most importantly, feeling like I belong. Wow. Got love goosebumps. Goosebumps. Love so it. all of those emails we love. Thanks, you um, guys. Ugh. Yeah, you can send them hello at themomhour.com is where we read those and high five each other virtually. And every single time always- I get an email, a listener email, it makes my day. I know. And we write back. Um, At at least at this point, the volume isn't such that we're too cool to write back. So we will will reply. Um, And we are just grateful. So thanks, everybody. Um, Let's dive in, Megan, and talk about what it means. Do you remember this post that you wrote? I do. Hey, can I just, again, um, pretend like I'm letting you control the show, but actually take over for a second? I just wanted to... I actually sent Sarah an email about this last night. And I just wanted to mention this really quick because a lot of times, you know, we are, I'm very much out of the baby phase and Sarah's on her way out. Yeah. And I make a lot of jokes about how I forget what that was like sometimes because you do forget if you're still in the baby phase right now and you're like, I'll never be able to scrub this from my mind. Trust me, it will start to fade. And last, was it last week that we did the episode about routines? Uh, yep. Last week, okay, was so episode the week 20. before that was about new motherhood and okay, they kind right. of dovetailed with each other. That's right. <laughs> so episodes 19 and 20 were very new mom focused. And I actually found my journals, um, a couple of journals that I kept when my kids were like newborn and two ish age. And it's so funny because I was obsessed with routines. That's all I wrote about Oh, funny for like a whole journal. Every day I would write my routine down. And the funny thing was I almost never really got it. <laughs> like it never really gelled quite. You know, you could see like this frustration every day. Like I'm like, oh, this routine, I'm, I'm so close. It just didn't work out. And it just was Aww. so funny after we recorded that episode where I was trying so hard to like really remember what that was like, then to find it and just see it right there in print, like what it was really like to- I bet you wanted to hug yourself. I did. did. You want to hug oh, I wanted. To, I want to go back and hug that mom. And for you know, a lot of kinda, reasons. I was kind of jealous. I wasn't, I wasn't journaling in that stage and for a couple of reasons, but I think, um, because it was later than when you had your babies, I was, I relied heavily on texting my yeah. girlfriends, like group texts with friends and reading blogs online kind of for solidarity. And then I discovered Twitter with my second baby. And I just would tweet really sarcastic, snarky things about new motherhood, uh-huh. which those are preserved somewhere in the Twitter archives. So it's a journal of sorts. Do you know what? But... We should totally do an episode. We should both go back in time and I should read entries out of my journal and you oh should read gosh. your tweets. So I honestly awesome. think it would be a fantastic episode because there's stuff that I, I mean, I still relate to it and I still kind of remember being that person, right. but it's like, I'm so far removed from it. This was 15 right. years ago. So right. yeah, right. I think that would be a really fun episode. Anyway, I didn't mean to totally hijack oh, your, no, your um, organization. You're very we good at keeping us on track, but okay. Um. <laughs> now back to you, back to Sarah. Back to me, back to me in the studio. Um, okay. To our topic school. Um, by the way, we had a few back to school episodes a few episodes ago, and we know everybody all over the country is on a different timeline. We purposely waited with this one until everybody I think is back in school, back to school nights and volunteer forms and all these things I think are really starting to trickle in. If you are one of the ones who just went back to school, you might want to check out, I think episode 16, um, 17, right in there, we did a few on kind of back to school topics. And then we sort of took a break from back to school. And now we're we're back at a school topic. Um, so Megan, do you remember this post you wrote? You wrote I about do. Debunking? I had to jog my memory and read it again this morning. But yes, I do remember the gist. Okay. So we're going to go. You wrote seven myths of the good school mom. Good school mom in big quotes, of course, um, because what we're talking about is that there's many ways to be supportive of your child's school, um, of the teacher, and of your kid's experience there. But I'm going to go one by one, and let's just talk these through. Okay. Um, so we have to say, of course, that whatever you're doing in your kid's school is awesome. And some of the things we talk about, if Megan and I don't particularly love them, i.e. volunteering at class parties or field trips, does not mean that your enthusiasm for them is any uh, 
less great for your kid, obviously. I hope that goes without saying, but sometimes yeah. you and I get a little gripey, so I just have to say that what? too. Us. <laughs> what us? Okay, myth number one, Megan, good moms join the PTA. Why is this a myth? Okay, well, first of all, I have to say of all of my myths, that was the one that I got the most pushback on. And I get I it. I remember Be- that in yeah, the Yeah, because there's a lot of people – well, first of all, there are people who are are volunteering their brains out in school districts where there's not a lot of parent participation and what they're right. seeing is them carrying the load. Right. And I totally understand why that would grate um, for people in that situation. In my situation, it's very different. There – we have, you know, I'm, I live in a fairly affluent community with a lot of stay-at-home moms, mm-hmm. um, with a lot of stay-at-home moms who have school-aged kids too. Mm-hmm. So they really do have a lot of time during the day to devote to school. And that in a lot of ways also becomes kind of part of their social life. Mm-hmm. So yes. I have to say, without calling anyone out or even placing blame, um, the PTO in our school, which actually everyone technically belongs to, you don't have to join it like the PTA because it's not okay. that national organization. Okay, got it. So technically we all belong to it. Um, it's not always very welcoming. Mm. And part of that, I think, is it's just like any other thing. Mm-hmm. When people get in with their people and they kind of find their groove and they get mm-hmm. good at doing something and they get good at running something or whatever, it's like they don't always think to make a lot of room for newcomers. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of reasons for that. And I don't blame anyone. And I'm not you know, bitter about it. Um, I've also stayed away from the scene, so I can't really say I've tried that hard to infiltrate, but there has definitely been times I've shown up for something and realized like they had to just get seven names on the list, but really two people were going to do everything anyway. Like, you know, or that feeling where everyone knows everybody else. And there's a lot of talk about how much they all volunteer. And you're sort of the one like, Oh, this is the first time I've been in school all year and it's November. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor meals just need to be heated for about two minutes, and they're ready to go. Yeah, and for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle, whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour50 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's from our O-U-R place dot com code mom hour. So anyway, in my case, it's very much a situation where there's like, you know, 10 to 20 go-getters doing everything mm-hmm. and it, it's working. So I don't really see where I fit in mm-hmm. a way. And I also think that there's a lot of other ways to contribute. And that's mm-hmm. the thing that I started to figure out. Like a lot of times teachers have their own needs that mm-hmm. they really want help or need help mm-hmm. with. 
Mm -hmm. um, that aren't things that are run through the PTO or the PTA. So I've just really given myself a break. I used to kind of think that's something I had to do to be like a quote, good unquote school mom. And I, I no longer feel that way. It's not a criticism. It's not a criticism of the organizations at all or the people in them. It's more like there's lots of ways to help and that doesn't have to be the one. Well, yeah, how it works at our school, which is probably a little different, um, is it is PTA. So it is part of the national organization and you are invited to join monetarily at the beginning of the year. And I'm a big fan of writing that. It's only $20, I think, for the family. Writing that check, which the, that um, does, I think it shows some good standing in the, with the national organization if they can show that they have a wide membership. Right. So I'm all for joining from that perspective, writing Just pay the money and, and sending in a check. Right. Um, but our PTA also does a huge amount of filling the gap where state spending cuts have uh, like robbed us of things like library, PE, basically mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. Like everything would not be at our school if not for PTA fundraising. So that to me is a huge value. Um, but it's different than being expected to go to meetings or sit on committees, which right. I am not in a position to do right now because I have a two and a half year old at home. I think later in the post, you said that you volunteered with a toddler in tow exactly once. And I like laughed out loud. Yeah. Um, because it, and it I helps nobody. Say, you could bring her. <laughs> I'm like, you have not met my two and a half year old. Like, yeah. I, I mean, anyway, and maybe I just haven't tried hard enough to make that part work. Cause there are, I see moms with toddlers and babies in tow who are on this, are on our school campus all the time. And that's just not uh, where I am right now. Like a lot of things right. we've talked about five years from now when Violet, my youngest, is the one in elementary school, uh, it may be different. So anyway, for me, PTA, that's all I'll say. But it is, and I think some of our commenters on this post pointed this out, that there's a difference in joining. If you can join and throw your monetary support or your signature or whatever behind what they're doing, that that does count for something. And I think yeah. even the moms out there, you know, hitting the pavement, so to speak, still appreciate that. At least I know I'm, I'm close friends with some hardcore volunteer PTA moms and they've never made me feel bad for not going to meetings, but I've not, I've not shown my face at a single meeting and that's okay. I mean, I can, I can contribute in other ways. So, and I will say, I think a lot of, I I think a lot of PTO, PTAs and other school organizations are kind of starting to realize that a lot of us would just like to write a check and right. sometimes that's really all they need anyway. I mean, or yeah. the most, you know, the thing they most need. And I feel like there used to be this kind of like this loath, loathingness to, this is not the right word, but whatever, to ask, a reluctance to right. ask just for yeah. the money. They had to make it an event or like you right. had to get something out of it. I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't want to, I don't want to go to anything. I don't want to like get anything. I don't want my kids to bring home any stuff. I don't right. want to sell it. I just want to write you a check. Can well, I just give you, you money? That? Did you see that form that went viral? I had it. Yes. I was going to bring it up later if it didn't come up. We'll, we'll show it in the show notes. But it was exactly that. I believe, I don't know, we should Snopes.com that. But I thought, I think it was a real PTA um, donation request that was like, here's my $100. Do not call me again. Yes. You know, and it had all of these graded uh, contribution levels. So yeah, we'll, I love that. Yeah, we'll that show that. Clever. If it's not real, it should be. I know. So. Well, it probably is. People have adopted it. Okay, so let's move on to myth number two. Good moms volunteer in the classroom go. Okay. <laughs> I think this might've been the other one where I got a little pushback. And, and my point was not, first of all, we all know that we have limited resources and time. So for me, volunteering in the classroom might not be my jam, but that doesn't mean I might not volunteer in the office. That might not mean I don't do things at home. Um, right. And there's always those opportunities. Like if you look at the beginning of the year when the teacher sends either an email out or that form that you get like on the first day or at back to school night or whatever. And they'll say, here are some ways you can help me. And a lot of them, you don't have to be on campus during school hours, which again, with the toddler thing, I think, you know, is kind of an impossibility, or at least for me was a big problem. And I work from home. So that's kind of the other thing. Like I always felt like people thought I was available when really I wasn't because I was making half of our family's living working from my house um, with a kid underfoot, which, you know, trying to then you know, remove them from the house during their routine or whatever, and then taking time off of work to go right. sit in the classroom just didn't work for me. Well, and if you talk to teachers too, you know, they'll, if you, if you get them to be honest, they'll tell you that a lot of times parents are more work in the classroom than oh, home, yeah. unless it's a regular, um, a regular spot or a very specific job. Um, and then I think, then we're like, we're not serving anybody. If we're, we think we're helping or we think we should be in there. The teacher doesn't know what to do with the, with us. Um, and like you said, there's so many other ways to help. Um, and it becomes, it can sometimes become more about like what, 
you know, kind of keeping an eye on your own kid, I think sometimes. Right. Yeah. Right. And sometimes your own kid, have you ever had it where your kid is like misbehaves or acts like not like themselves well, when you're there? Like they I, want you to be there, but then they act like a I volunteered a couple of times last year in the computer lab in Clara's classroom yeah. and talk about wanting to like beat your head against a wall. <laughs> Try to teach a bunch of kindergartners how to use a computer. I mean, it's painful. Like they're so slow. They can't figure out to do the mouse. Anyway, she cried both times when I left. Right. And it was terrible. And it threw yeah. everything off. Like, I'm sure her teacher was like, oh, great. Now I have to, like, comfort this kid. The, the day is wrapping up. There was only an hour left. I'm thinking, right. should I just take her? You know? Right. But I can't – I don't want that to become yeah. the the routine, like, the expectation. If right. I cry, mom takes me out of school. So that was not good. That and was not a good thing. And the other thing that happened in Allegra's first grade classroom last year – and I, this is, again, no one parent is – I'm not blaming anyone, but the teacher said that several parents signed up for a weekly spot. They needed a lot of help. She didn't have an aide in there. And she really did need p- bodies in the classroom last right. year. And I, I did sign up. I was there every week. I actually got a sitter um, and it was a positive experience. But she said I was one of the only ones who actually showed up for my uh, every week spot. So people so are she, making she would have commitments they planned. can't. And this isn't just for the class parties and stuff. And we'll talk right. about those in a minute. But um, she was having planning on a warm body in there to help with 32 first graders. 32 first graders, wow. no aid. If you're listening, wow. state of California. Um and somebody and parents wouldn't show up. So it's like, I'm sh- I'm a hundred percent sure speaking for teachers, they'd rather you didn't commit or committed less and showed up when you said, you know that, what I mean? That's a very good point. Yeah. Ours were very clear. Like that the, um, on the form, like if you're signing up for a weekly spot, we really need you yeah. to be there. Yeah. You know, something that just popped into my head too. Um, this is kind of maybe speaking to the younger mom set. I do remember when Jacob was in Montessori school, mm-hmm. there was an opportunity to volunteer in the hallway and you weren't allowed in the classroom. I don't know if that's a Montessori thing. Yeah, Montessori's they don't like you. Yeah, she's like, no, this is my space. You stay out. And I am looking in and seeing how well it ran. I I was like, I don't want to be in there. Like, this is, you got this. You've got this under control. So our job was just to sit in the hallway uh-huh. And then if a kid had to come out and use the bathroom or get a drink oh. or whatever, we just helped them. So that, that was it. That was my whole job. And I loved that. I could bring a book. I would bring Isaac. He was a baby. I would just sit and rock with him. And, you know, if someone came out and like needed help with their pants, it was always yeah. that. It was always like needed help with their button on their pants or that something. It was the best job ever. It was the best. I got to quiet. I got quiet time. It was such a great environment. Like that school, so like Montessori schools Man. are so freaky quiet. No. And peaceful. I think you said evil voodoo magic last yeah. time. I've used that a couple of times talking about our school. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, that was just one thing. Like maybe there's another opportunity that is in the school but doesn't require you to be in the classroom, which is not where right. I want to be. I don't right. – small – like large groups of small children and I, I don't mix. I turn – I get really awkward. Like I don't mm-hmm. – It's I don't know. Do you get that way? Uh, I do. Well, our next thing that we're going to talk about is kind of field trips and mm-hmm. class parties. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yes, 100% – when it's kind of like mass organized events, yes. I think going back to this theme of like, I don't like fun, which is like Sarah theme. hates fun. I, I mean, know. I'm kind of on the fence about it, but Sarah really hates <laughs> I it. I know. <laughs> um, but I will say, so I, so last year I did volunteer every Friday in Allegra's first grade classroom. And when I feel like I know what my role is, I'm, I don't think I'm super awkward around groups of kids. I like to read them a story. This year right. I'm going to do library. And I feel like that's a good fit for me because I love books and but when it's those parties and the field trips where there's multiple adults and nobody's really sure what's what right, who's in like charge, you don't know what your job I, is. That's uh. where I get like profoundly awkward. So yes and no, I guess it depends on the situation. Um, but that is myth number three: is good moms chaperone field trips. And I'm gonna just personally add and attend class parties because I oh, think yeah. those kind of they're in the same vein, fit, fit nicely together, which is uh, quote unquote fun events. Well, you know, my sister, this is like the first person I ever heard voice this to me was my sister, Katherine, who was 10 years older than me and had kids in school before mine were even being born yet. Right. And she, <laughs> I remember her saying one time, I'm never volunteering on a, a school field trip again. And I was like, why? And she's like, because there's always some little girl who comes up and wants to call me mommy. And she's like, and I just like cringe and I don't like, she wants to shy away from them. Like, don't touch me. And I think that that's like, up until that moment, I had never heard anyone another mother admit that they don't feel motherly toward children that aren't theirs mm. always. And I yeah. do towards like my nieces and nephews right. and kids who are good friends, kids like right. those kids are like mine, right. but 
people like just random stranger children on the yes. street, I have a hard time sometimes even being nice to them because <laughs> their their quirks are not my kids' quirks. You know what I mean? Right. Like they're they're quirky and weird in their own way, and I'm used to my kids' weirdness. Yes. So I'm and not it's used like to you're that. You're mommed out. You you you're like, mommed there are out. Only right. so many times you can remind somebody to you know cough into their elbow. Exactly. Or like, you know. <laughs> And you'll see them doing something their their mom probably wouldn't even notice because they're so used to it. And I'm like, ugh, what is that kid? Why is that weird kid doing that weird thing? And I don't like feeling that way because it makes me feel like a like a nasty human being who doesn't right. like children. And that's not it. It's just like, ugh. so when she said that, it was like the biggest sense of relief. Like, oh, yeah. so I don't have to like all these little kindergartners crowding around me and touching me. Like, yeah, you know? I don't have to have that like earth mother role. Um, right. It actually was a big relief. So since then, I've sort of been the same way. Like, we'll go to ones where I know the ratio of parents to kids is going to be super high because that means I get to hang out with my kid and maybe his best yeah. friend all day. Those are fun. Yeah. But like the one where I'm really going to be in charge of like a lot of sticky little preschoolers or, you know, know. first graders like, or whatever. Meh. Uh, and the pumpkin patch. So I last uh, year I just went, I know, I went to patch. the pumpkin patch and it's like, I don't want, I love, this is, this was a preschool one. So I love our preschool. I love the teachers and I love that the kids get to do this. But let me tell you, I don't even think the kids really have fun when you like are shuttling them like now let's go on a hayride and I, I feel like we had to wait in line for 10 minutes to do Just every to do everything two yeah. minute activity and they're like half the kids did not want to touch the smelly goats I know this is here are we, we go. are we're, we we're veering off into griping <laughs> we've, we've gone off of griping rails again. okay so Sarah really hates fun I do I really do um <laughs> but here's what I will say about parties and field trips is in my experience, uh, parents who work full-time outside the home and don't have a flexible schedule often uh, really do like these events because they can schedule, they're usually scheduled far in advance and they can maybe, you know, take a half day, take some time off and get to just be with the classroom. And so I, as someone with a little bit more flexibility, I usually sit these ones out because I think there are some parents who really like them. Yeah, and I, I who, agree. Who look forward to it. Or them. who are just able to get them off because they're so far in advance. Yeah, like and said. whose kids – and then that kid is often just overjoyed that right. their mom or dad can be there. I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to hopefully farm my husband off on the um, – my kindergartner has a lot of field trips this year. He's, at, he's the one who's still at the Montessori school, and they really, really are doing yeah. the field trips. I'm hoping my husband can actually go to some of those, which will be meaningful because he doesn't do the day in and day out drop off right. and, you know, seeing the teacher. And You know, the so. other thing I think about men too, and this is a huge generalization about men, but one that at least in my life One that's holds totally true. true one so that's totally okay. true <laughs> is John doesn't get hung up on stuff the way I do. So like when I'd say something like, oh, did you go in and you know, were there other parent, was X parent there and, you know, Y parent there and were they looking at you funny and like, did you feel weird because you didn't know what you were doing? And he's like, what are you talking about? He's okay. like, no, I just showed up and I like I cut know. out some hearts and like yeah. glued them on a paper so and right. then I left. I'm like, well, what? Wait, I'm like, wait, wait a second. Was it crowded? Did you feel awkward? Like I'm like peppering him with questions. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. So he just doesn't. Yeah. Based feel... on the statistical variable of zero with our two husbands, right. I would say that that's a, <laughs> Is that Brian? Because I just feel like John... Just goes in and does a job yeah. and leaves. He has no emotional, yeah. um, you know, nothing. Like, he doesn't yeah. feel weird about anything. He doesn't have any obligation to anything. <laughs> he just shows – he does the job and he goes. Yeah. And it's so funny to me. So something, something like that sometimes is much easier to send John to. Yes. Because I'll get all worked up about stuff. I, no, I agree. I agree. And another thing really quick about field trips and parties is ask the teacher. This is maybe a real tip. If you're not keen on going or you can't go or you just w- want to avoid it like me, um, ask the teacher in advance if there's any other kind of like administrative prep work or anything yeah. they need in advance because they sometimes will take you up on that. And that's something I'm good at. Like I'm a good planner. I'm a good detail person. If they need me to, you know, if they want to send like the name tags home and have me make yep. sure all the kids' names are – or whatever it is. I think there's ways to contribute to those big events that don't include showing up. I agree. Uh, and teachers really appreciate that kind of stuff because that's the kind of stuff that they're up till midnight doing. And, right. And it, there's no glory in that stuff. But. Yeah, I'll be cutting out shapes for a holiday party this year. And oh. I think um, bringing in – like bringing in paper plates and stuff. Just yeah. whatever. I mean, just yeah. stuff that – yeah, I don't have to be there. And for Halloween, the way I do Halloween – um, which again is like a total cluster because it's always like a million parents crowded into the room. Yeah. The kids are all in costume and like they're yeah. all, there's pieces of costume everywhere. It's just, it's just yeah. bedlam and I can't take it. So I just like sneak in, stand in the hallway near the door, yeah. watch my kid walk past, make sure they see me, give a little wave and then I leave. 
Yeah. So it's like I've put in the effort. I see the parade. I go. I'm not going to hang around the whole time. And yeah. frankly, there's no room for me. I sometimes wonder how those teachers make it through the. I know. Parties. I don't. I think they need a stiff. Maybe they're not like us. you and me, though. I know. Maybe, maybe they, they like fun. Like fun. Um, and I just thought, of, OK, so I have to mention for this section that my one of my favorite, favorite writers is Allison Slater Tate. And she has a great essay called Sometimes Good Parents Miss the Class Party. And if you have had this happen to you where you're feeling guilty or your kid is in tears because you're not going to be on a field trip or at the party, this is a must read. I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, but that brings up another good point, which is from a parenting perspective, if you prep your kids ahead of time, if they think you're going to be there and you don't show, of course, that's right. going to be heartbreaking. Or if they feel like every other parent is a chaperone and you're not. But I feel like just like with anything else, we can prep our kids pretty well and say, look, this, you know, this year I'm going to be able to do this party or this field trip. I'm not right. going to be able to do them all. You know, how can we make it special? Let's take a picture of you before you go, or let's make sure I get a text from the mom who's there. I think moms are good about that these days. Like, here's a picture of your kid on the field trip. They're having fun. Um, so with a little prep, I think we can ease that on our kids if they are the ones that miss, you know, miss having yeah. us at every And day. you know, I also want to point out really quick, like, um, you know, my <clears throat> sister-in-law, uh, works full-time as a teacher. So she doesn't mm -hmm. get to go to stuff at school right. because she's always working. Right. She can't take off time right. teaching to kids. go to her, her other, kids. you know, she teaches yeah. middle school. Um, so there's been a lot of that in, in their family. And so I think that one way that we've dealt with it, like in our circle of friends, because we have friends who work outside the home, friends who work inside the home, friends who are stay-at-home parents, you can always, I feel like, sort of send forth a tribute in your stead, you know, mm -hmm. to be like that special parent who has a good relationship with your kid. So mm -hmm. like I would totally, ask, if I can't be at something, I might even ask a friend, it sounds so lame, but I might ask my friend Missy, who is much mm -hmm. more involved in school than me. She's just a all around better person than me, than me as well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, excuse me. I might ask her just to make sure she sees Clara yeah. and, and recognizes her or yeah. gives Owen a high five or something. And just something that makes them feel like someone is there watching right. a grandparent right. or an aunt or a sister right. or whatever. Um, it doesn't always have to be you. And I think especially for parents who don't have very flexible schedules or do right. have like babies at home and just can't face it. Uh, right. I think that's totally legitimate to, to just kind of, and it's really, it's such an easy ask. And it's the kind of thing, if someone asked me that I would be so honored to oh, do that. Oh, completely. Completely. So. I agree. All right. Well, myth number four, I almost feel like is related, um, but we'll move on. Myth number four is good moms attend every game, practice, and rehearsal. And I would add to that, and every like school fair, fundraiser, oh, yeah. after school, you know, all spectacular, of it. all of it. So um, I have to say first, if you have not listened to episode 18, that was, we talked a lot about um, the games and practices yeah. and rehearsals from a sports parenting perspective. Um, but this applies to school stuff too, right? Yeah. It's just, just like we're saying, you can be at some things, you maybe don't have to be at everything. Um, I don't know. Do you have anything more to add on that? I think that's, I think that pretty much covers it. Yeah. I just of... feel like sometimes we just need permission to not be at everything. Yes. And it can get, you know, there, like you were saying with um, parties, there's, there's things that are easier for us to attend and things that aren't as easy for us to attend. And last year, for some reason, it is a big deal for my kids if I go to their holiday performances. Mm -hmm. um, and they stagger those pretty well. So it's not mm -hmm. like I have, you know, five to go to at Christmas. It's mm -hmm. usually like one does like Christmas one and one does, you know, um, a spring one and like one grade does something else. So it works right. out pretty well. But last year, for whatever reason, I think I had a work thing for um, my son's performance of the Nutcracker, which is like this third grade thing they do it every year. It's oh, yeah. adorable. <laughs> it's like this little kid version. It's so cute. And I couldn't go and I was kind of heartbroken. But then I remember they always do a daytime one. Uh -huh. as well. So I emailed the teacher and said, could I just, it's really supposed to be for the kids. Right. But I just emailed and said, I can't make it that night. Can I come to the one during the day? And she said, of course. So I went to, like, I made a really special effort to go to that one. Had mm -hmm. it been the spring um, self-esteem awareness concert <laughs> that the fifth graders put on every right. year? I don't know. Right. I, I might not have worked as hard. And I kind of feel like my fifth grader can deal. Like I just, right. you know, there's, you have to know your own kid and yeah. a lot of it's their age and how special this production is, how excited yeah. they are about it. Right. Well, that's what I, my, my comment was going to be to ask your kid what's right. important, you know, what, what would you like me to be at or what, you know, how can I show up for this and not assume that they want or need you there at everything. And if they are, I mean, there are some, especially the littler ones who do get pretty attached to having you there at all, at all times. 
and maybe a, in baby steps at some healthy separation there is not a bad thing. I don't mean like just don't show, right? but it, it's good practice to kind of, it's so fun when you see your mom or dad in the audience. We know that, right. but just some, some practice at having a surrogate there or knowing that they're going to be the, the next one is that's just part of growth for our kids too, I think. Yeah, I totally agree. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest, I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather, but please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your uptown loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Vionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic Shoes. Wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's Chewable Kids Vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I think in episode 18, we did talk mostly about sports, but we covered other kinds of stuff as uh-huh. well. We talked about arts and um, some other things. I just think it applies. Like we, there's so much now, there's so much extra stuff that kids do mm-hmm. that we just can't physically be at everything. Right. And I, I just think we need to just give ourselves a big break. Agreed. Agreed. Um, All right. Myth number five, good moms never drop the kids off in their pajamas or (laughs) while not wearing a bra. That one's kind of self-explanatory, don't you think? (laughs) I will share my little tip. If you feel awkward about the fact, like I have short hair, which means I have bedhead every morning. Like I have to take a shower or wet my head down or else my hair looks silly. So I always am in some way. I'm always disheveled in some way. And the hair is something you can see. See, when I yes. have this, I'm like, well, no one can see that I'm like wearing my pajama pants because I at least maybe put on a bra and, you know. Have right. A but then if you have a kid who's but- not really go with their seatbelt yet, you have to get it, you know. Right. You might have to get out and help them. So yeah. what I do on those days, like Claire is getting pretty good at getting herself out of the car. But right. last year I was still like getting out, you know, opening her door. We have a Yukon. Right. So like just even getting out of the car was hard for her. Right. Making sure she didn't forget her backpack, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, I would park like a, a block away and drop them off like a block in away secret. from the school in secret. That was how I dealt with it. And honestly, that actually, you know, if you have a school where the – um where the line, the drop-off line is a mess. That's another good strategy. Just don't go all the way to the school. Just go to right. a quiet area right. close to the school where you feel safe. There's, you know, crossing guards or maybe they don't have to cross the street. Drop them off there. Yeah. That is my total lazy mom. <laughs> don't put a bra. Don't bother with the bra tip, but. Just, just drop them off. Just the slow down to about 10 miles an hour. Open the door. They can roll out and you just keep going. Yep. Just the, just the rolling stop. Well, I almost think that we can expand this one to how you look at school in general, because I live in lovely Orange County, California, which has all types. 
all, all fashion senses. And I love the moms at our school. I don't think it's particularly OC if you're picturing the Real Housewives. Um, but you do see all kinds. And I think um, just like anything, just look around and know that there are people in their yoga pants who didn't go to yoga. They're just wearing them. There are people who are done up to the nines, but maybe this is the first time all week. You know, I feel like I yeah. totally run the gamut. Like sometimes I'm like, yeah, you know, I did my hair today and I look cute at school. And others I'm like, well, hope you catch me next time. So yeah, I guess if we're absolutely. backing up a little bit, you know, just have have some compassion for your fellow moms, both if they look amazing and if they look sloppy, because the ones who look amazing, you know, don't need our spite either. Right. You know, that's really it, true. It, it I just... Did- I, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I was done. <laughs> well, I, I volunteered to um, help in the office at the middle school this year because I can deal with middle school way more than elementary. And that's another thing I want to point out is that sometimes the upper grades need you more mm-hmm. than the lower that's grades really where the point. parents are trying like, way harder in kindergarten you know, than they are by sixth grade. Most parents right. are like, ugh, right. over it. So, um, or, or back to work. So it just makes, you know, they just need you more at right. those right. upper grades. Right. But um, – I wanted to mention that. So my sister-in-law who works at the school said, oh, that's a great job. You're going to like hear a lot of gossip. You'll just kind of get to walk around the school and you'll get to see every, like get to know the teachers, but you don't have to be in the classroom, which I think right. is great. And she's like, but just, just to let you know, most of the moms or some of the moms who do that, like really deck themselves out. Oh. It's like, what do you mean? She's like, like they dress like they're, they dress nicer than the teachers. Like they dress like they're there for work. And I was like, well, do I, do I have to do that? And she's like, oh, no, no, no. You can wear whatever you want. So that's great. I can wear whatever I want, you know, you know, like how how I'm into this like athletic wear all the time thing because it helps me remember to work out. But you just got to like, I'm telling you, I'm now obsessed with this website, Fabletics, which is where it's that Kate Hudson site. Yeah, Kate Hudson. I have heard, I keep hearing about it. And I'm signed up like as a VIP member. Now I'm totally putting in a plug and we'll link to it. (laughs) This was, I didn't plan this by the way, but they do have like really cute stuff where you can have leggings on and then a cute cardigan that goes with it and makes it look like something, you know, throw a not, not a pair of athletic shoes on, like throw a decent pair of flats on or whatever. And you're dressed, but I'm not going to try a whole lot harder than that. Cause that's, you know, I'm never somebody who's like, I don't go to the store in pajama pants, but I also don't go to the store dressed up. It's just not. So I'm kind of looking at this that way, but you know, if you want to get dressed up, what's that? If you want to get dressed up, you know, do it. No, I almost feel like last year when I had my Fridays in the classroom, you and I would record our podcast, which meant I had a sitter for most of the morning. And I love Fridays. We talked about that in our routines episode last week. And I I actually usually did get kind of dressed cute on Fridays, not because I wanted to impress anyone at school, but it felt like I had a sitter. I was like, had these things to do. And it the, I felt like I just was going to get ready for the day in the morning. So, right. you know, it's all good. I, all I good. definitely run the gamut. I think people have seen me in all states. So take the <laughs> best average, take a high average. <laughs> to go. Um, all right. Myth number six is good moms pack perfectly nutritious, interesting lunches. What do you have to say about this? <laughs> you know where I hang, you know where I stand on this. Yes. Um, but let's help our listeners know where you stand on this. Uh, I thought you were going to explain how I stand on this. If my um, kids get a sandwich, an apple, and a side, I'm perfectly happy, even if they eat the same sandwich, apple, and side every day for the whole year. That's how I feel about lunches. Keep it simple. I know that some parents love it. Like I see it as a creative outlet to really get into making fun lunches. My husband is one of them. He mm-hmm. makes adorable bento oh, we, boxes. Yeah, we will put um, one of John's. Can I can I just point out though how often John makes those adorable right. bento boxes? Right. Not enough times to feed my kids every day. Right. That's for sure. Right. I mean, that's for him is like a fun thing he and Claire right. do together, and they're adorable. But he might do that once a week. Right. So that's not like a day to day solution. You know, I have to say, I feel pressure. If I feel any guilt or pressure in this area, it's not necessarily on variety or presentation, like the perfect bento boxes. But I do sometimes look at these other kids' lunches who are eating really healthy and really like uh, like leftovers of dinner that includes more than two ingredients mixed together. Yeah. Um, so I definitely feel that. I feel a little twinge of that um, like pressure or guilt. But it's not It's not that it looks perfect or even that it's different every day. Right. But I just yeah. – I see It's just more like a cherry, complete meal. Like cherry tomatoes straight and like just vegetables. I'm like, wow. Yeah. My kids wouldn't eat a cherry tomato straight. I mean, that right. to me is something that's just, I don't understand that. But, you know, I did have, um, I had Laura Fuentes on an episode of the mom hour and she, her site is, I'm sorry, the home hour and her, um, her blog is Momables, and she has like mm-hmm. a site where you can sign up. It's like a menu planning yeah, subscription. Yeah, like menu planning thing. for school lunches. And it's for yes, school lunches and great. it's really cool. And she has like a lot of really great ideas for keeping foods warm and all this kind of stuff. And it's just, 
I think it's really fun to get inspiration from that. Um, mm-hmm. But I've looked at things like packing leftovers for school, and I've just never really found a, ma- a way to make that practical, especially for the number of kids I have. Mm-hmm. Um, there aren't usually enough leftovers to go around. There aren't usually enough. We don't have enough you know, stainless steel thermoses, right. and I don't have enough time to get them all right. um, warm in the morning so the food will stay warm, and the kids' schools don't have any facilities where, that they can use to warm anything up. It just, for me... It just doesn't work. Like I would rather focus on feeding a really good dinner and a decent breakfast yeah. and lunches, whatever. So Agreed. yeah, I, that's Agreed. why. And I, I let my kids pick one day a week that they can um, order hot lunch. Clara steadfastly refuses to eat hot lunch. So, but she's the easiest to pack for because she doesn't eat much yet. Um, right. You know, an apple and like a granola bar really will do her. Yeah. So a little time they all. Yeah. Have. They, exactly. She comes home half the time. She comes home with a half like the apple half right. eaten. So, um. I guess for me, I just decided not to make this a thing. And if it turns into a week where two days in a row we have hot lunch or sometimes every day we have hot lunch and then I just kind of hit the reset button after a week, that's fine too. Mostly for yeah. me, you know, the hot lunch thing is very different in every school. Some mm-hmm. schools have fantastic hot lunches. Ours is middling, I would mm-hmm. say, but good enough that I don't feel bad about it if my kids eat it every day for a week. Right. Um, and then my my biggest problem is the expense. If all five mm-hmm. of my kids eat, hot lunch every day, I will spend like 75 to $80 on lunch right. in a week. And that's right. just not going to work for me. Yeah. But like, I just, this is just not something that I'm, it's not a hill I'm going to die on. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think, um, again, the, the Pinterest and the food sharing, the food, uh, sharing photo sharing on yeah. the internet makes it seem like it's just possible to be artisanal about every lunch. Yes. Um, we should mention too that our friends Asha and Christine at the Edit Your Life podcast did an episode a couple of weeks ago about school lunches. And between that and Laura Fuentes, I, I don't I never think it's a bad idea to get inspired. I feel like I've upped my game a little bit. I just feel like I'm packing better lunches and I'm less like grumpy about it this yeah. year. And I did. I bought a few better containers. Um, I'm just I'm trying to do a little more variety. So I don't think I mean we're not saying cop out and you know throw a handful of goldfish at them, but don't beat yourself up if it isn't, you know, you know, your kid, you know how much they're going to eat and you know what they're going to eat. And if it looks exactly the same every day, that's okay. I mean, there's the, they have the whole rest of the week and the day to balance it out. Exactly. I wanted to just um, offer this bit of advice too, is pack lunches either right after school or while you're making dinner. Yes, I know a lot we, of people yeah. wait. We talked about this maybe last week. Yeah. With routines. Yes. That's yeah. a genius. Genius one. A lot of us wait until late at night when we're grumpy or Mm -hmm. early in the morning when we're sluggish. And Mm -hmm. it makes so much more sense just to do it when you are already in the kitchen anyway. Right. And have food out. And sometimes you'll get a little more inspired because you're like, oh, hey, you know, I forgot I even had this. Or I'm making this thing for dinner. I could just chop a little bit of this carrot and throw it in the lunchbox. It's just easier to deal with that when the kitchen's already in play. Yeah. Sorry to be repetitive, but it just really works No, no, completely. And I just had another thought on kind of the picky eaters front, which is a different challenge. But um, especially at the beginning of this year, I've just been, um, I, I, I guess I used to pack what I knew they would eat because I wanted them to get some food and some su- sub sustenance. Um, and this year I've been a little bit, uh, more bold about sending something that I'm not sure if they're going to eat because I mean, if they're a little hungry after school, it's not the end of the world. And I probably won't do that all year, but I think it's good for me and for them to be like, Oh, Hey, I didn't actually know if you would like that chicken sausage cut up like that, how'd it right. go? Yeah. Um, and I think it's been a good way to expand um, some of the pickiness a little bit, because guess what? If they're really hungry, <laughs> they'll eat it. And they don't, unlike summer, where you're a short order cook all summer, I mean, they don't have another option. So I think um, that's the other side of packing the same thing every day, which is so easy to do. And I've been trying to just send something and see how it flies, which is yeah. maybe a good way to expand a little bit. Yeah, that's a really good idea. I, I want to make one more comment about the school lunch thing. Mm-hmm. I think we tend to get really hung up, and some schools that's actually a, a rule, um, and some are a little more stringent about it, but about the no you know, package convenience snack thing. Oh. And I just sort of decided that if the trade-off for me is because I packed this prepackaged granola bar that I didn't make from scratch or whatever, <laughs> or because I, you know, I put the sandwich in a baggie instead of making sure I had a reusable container on hand that just happened to fit a sandwich or whatever, then I can get this lunch made. And it means my kids aren't going to go and throw away a whole tray with a whole bunch of packaging on it. So I kind of try to look at every situation, like what's the better choice I can make? Mm -hmm. Not always what's the most optimal choice. And sometimes Mm -hmm. the better choice includes like prepackaged crackers. 
Yeah. So I my kids did go to a school once where they weren't allowed to do, have those. Oh my. Like weren't allowed to, and they would send them home with like really passive aggressive notes at the end of the day and stuff if you oh sent my. any. It was terrible. It was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's that's maybe a little more regular. <laughs> it was a little much, you know, after a while. So oh um, anyway, my gosh. are we are All we right. ready to move on? Yeah. Let's do okay. myth number seven, which is technically the Wait, last. Wait. Do we, we really do six already? One. Yeah. Holy yeah. All right. No, we're moving. Um, I'm driving the bus, remember? Yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. Sorry um, to doubt you, Sarah. <laughs> myth number seven is good moms never forget to sign the reading log. Ah. And this one's just in, in general about when you drop the ball, I think, yeah. when you forget to send something in. And I'm going to start with something that Jenna, your sister-in-law and bestie said on our Facebook page, which is that one of the best things we can do for our kids and best ways to help teachers is to teach kids to advocate for themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think there's this is related in a way, maybe it seems like it isn't, but when we are responsible for every signature and every paper that needs to be turned in and every backpack and, you know, this time of year, we hear a lot about this kind of stuff, you know, they never learn what to do if, if the ball gets dropped. And that's not, of course, we're going to support them and send stuff in, especially the little ones who, you know, it really does fall to the parents. But I thought that was a great comment from Jenna that one of the best things we can do for our kids and the ways we can help our teachers is to teach our kids how to advocate for themselves and and what to do if they don't have the right form or if they forgot their backpack and, and that's you, resilience and that's, that's a really problem good solving point. you know and every and every um sometimes what that means is reminding mom like sometimes what that means is bringing me the form right you know right. and I've told my kids that like if I I forget stuff sometimes like you have to be on top of this too and so if I forget bring it to me bring right. me a pen don't just throw right. it at me while I'm making dinner but at a, right. some quiet time. Bring it to me with a pen and I will sign it for you. You know, it's like, let's work together on this. I will say that it's really, one thing that's really tough about that is different schools and different teachers have completely different ways they handle this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Even sometimes within the same school, I have teachers who will adamantly say, please don't bring your kids homework. If they lose, mm-hmm. if they forget it, please don't bring your kids backpack. If they forget it, please, you know, don't, don't help your kids with their, this, that, and the other. And then I have mm-hmm. teachers sometimes even in up higher grades than those teachers mm-hmm. who still think that we should be checking every piece of homework and really in charge of everything. And I think what it really comes down to is you have to know what's right for you and mm-hmm. like, where do you stand on this and then stick to it with every single teacher? Mm-hmm. Because it's great if they set the stage for that to be the expectation that your kids are going to kind of take care of things themselves and have some responsibility, but they're not always going to do that. And you can't mm-hmm. let your, your values or the way you think is right. Um, get totally thrown off course and then feel right. guilty about it right. because this year the teacher seems to maybe want you to be more hands-on. They might not even really expect that. They might just think that you expect that. Right. Right. I just think it still always has to come down. Like if we're parenting our, and by parenting our school aged kids, I mean, just like school parent, like, like yeah. facilitating mm-hmm. them as, as students, um, the way that feels right to us every single time, regardless of what messages we're getting from the school. Right. I know that sounds terrible, like right. especially to those of us who are, fear authority and still yeah. have a hard time <laughs> calling teachers anything but Mrs. Smith. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's hard. Like I see teachers as authority figures and yeah. it's really hard for me to think I'm disappointing them or like letting right. them down. Yes, but agreed. ultimately it's, I got to run my household my way and I got to yeah. parent my way or it's going to, it's, I'm just going to feel bad all the time. And then I'm going to start think, to get irritated. And I think you can still be supportive of the system and right. the, you know, the person with, I mean, you don't, it's not disrespectful, but right. yes, I completely yeah, agree. I'm not, I'm not like telling my kids like, Oh, pff, what yes. Mrs. Smith wants me to help you with your reading log. Forget right. that. What a dumb yeah. dumb. I mean, that's not what I'm talking about. Right. I'm saying no. like, yeah, I know you know here's what I'm saying, how we, Sarah. Here's how we do it. Well, the other thing, and I'm guilty of this too, is when you do drop the ball or you do forget, I because I do kind of hold myself to self to ridiculous standards of organization sometimes, I tend to be really hard on myself when I drop the ball. I, I don't tend to forget things. So when I do, I can beat myself up over it. And that's a, a place to watch how you're modeling for your kids, I think. Like if you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I forgot, you know, yeah. um, that, that's, that's probably unnecessary stress to display on something that's not that important. I'm totally talking to myself here. Um, Whereas if you model kind of problem solving and be like, shoot, we dropped the ball on that one. Let's figure out how we can, you know, still go on the field trip or how we can, you know, what can we do now that we forgot? And that's like with big stuff and little stuff, you know, I think we're, we're teaching them how to operate within a system when we're school parenting and the way we react to things like that, I think is important. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that everybody after they, um, 
after we finish this show should run, not walk, and listen to the episode of the Home Hour I did with Erica yes. Ladd last yes. year, maybe around Absolutely. this time. She's mm-hmm. so re- she's a, a an educator, and she was so reassuring about like what it takes to be a good school parent. Yes. Um, and it was just a really refreshing conversation. And, and from the perspective of an educator, just saying what's important and what's not worth yeah. getting yourself all worked up about, I thought was really yeah. helpful. She was so specific about how parents can support teachers in the lower grades, especially. And I, yeah. I think we've even mentioned this before, but she said, just have them show up ready to learn with food in their bellies. That's yeah. all we need. And it's like, oh, <laughs> oh well, oh. I can do that. Oh, yeah. um, all right. Well, I added um, one more myth number eight, and I think we might even have really quick time to do it. And that is good moms have Pinterest perfect teacher gifts for the first day of school and Christmas and teacher appreciation week and the last day of school. Is this something that I feel like this is, out of control. I didn't you know even bother putting that on the list because <laughs> to me it was like like anyone would expect that from me anyway. <laughs> no, I don't think so. But yeah, go and on. Again, total like if you are the one doing it, more power to you. I totally love it. But um it's the it's the yeah, have you noticed how all the teacher gifts on Pinterest have like teacher puns? Like Thanks I don't for go on Pinterest sharp anymore. this year. I know I don't either, but I feel like they show up. They find me. Yeah, no, these, they do. I know. They show up on Facebook. Me. You can't get away from them. <laughs> they, they've crawled into my eyelids. Um, but it's always like a pun. Like, thanks for keeping me sharp this year. And it's like a pencil. And yeah. I don't know if it's the puns or just the pressure to do it like five times a year. This is like a whole nother conversation. But oh, man, do I appreciate well, teachers. But it's just, that's just not going to probably ever happen. I'm I've said like, this. Here's I've a bottle this, of wine. Yeah. 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 Here's a gift card or whatever. Here's a letter. Here's a heartfelt thank you. I know. Um, I've said this before in maybe regards to different things. Maybe not this specific thing. I feel like 10 years ago, 20 years ago, there was always that one mom who did X, Y, or Z, like super awesome. And mm-hmm. everyone knew that that was like Sally was the one who brought right. the amazing cookies to the bake sale right. and blew everyone away or, or right. took the best pictures or like threw the best parties or whatever. Right. And now it's not enough for like Sally or Betty or whoever to be right. like using names from <laughs> Mad Men. Yeah. <laughs> but like to be good at that, everybody has to be good at all of it. And it's, right. I love that people can get into what they're really good at and be like master of that one thing. I hate that we all think we have to do all of it. That's not all the real. time. All the time. Right? It's because not the other real. Thing we all it's do not realistic. Is when we do something like that, when we rise to the occasion and bake a really beautiful plate of cookies, we all take a picture of it and share it. You yes. and I included are guilty of that. So I think it's the perception that everybody's doing it all the time. That yeah. is where we go astray. Maybe if you're following my Instagram, by the way, realize <laughs> that if I bother to stop and take a picture of something, it is a remarkable moment Right. in right. some way, you know, it does not, rec- it does not reflect my real life. Yeah, Actually, and- that's, that's a great like genius way to think about all of lifestyle photo sharing is yeah. that like let's assume that this is not the, the this is the exception not the rule Otherwise, I wouldn't even wouldn't think be... to take a picture if it was right. the, you know yeah that's so but true. I do you know like this week I did take a picture of myself making banana bread with an apron on and I did put in the caption <laughs> that this was an unusual moment like I try to keep it real like that but if someone's yeah. just you know you know like if someone's just scrolling through really fast they might think well all Megan never does is take really cute pictures of you know doing this and that and baking and wearing a danged apron and like, right. you know, vacationing with their family and stuff. Those are remarkable moments. That's why I capture them. That's why right. it even occurs to me to take a picture. Right. Right. So well, you had another, te- Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I was, I was like, like didn't you have another gifts. thing about, um, I just interrupted you again. Sorry. You complete your thought okay. and then, and then turn Here it over. I go. Okay. With the teacher <laughs> gifts. I, I have, I, I've never wanted to do like the cutesy Pinterest ones. It's just not really me, but I have like had major guilt before about being, not having something on either the last day of school or the teacher appreciation. And I think if that's you, you know, it's, we're we're looking at a whole year of appreciating that teacher. They're not counting their gifts on Christmas Eve to make sure that every kid gave them one. Sometimes there's confusion about whether it's a group gift and individual gifts. I'm a big fan of the group gift, like money in an envelope. Mm -hmm. Um, But then like, then I always get the panic the day of like, well, I still should have like, you know, done this. And so I'm, I'm, I have definitely fallen, uh, fallen to that guilt. And just, I think the teacher's like I said, it's a whole year of ways to appreciate them. I think we've talked about ways to help teachers yeah. and appreciate them. 
and that nobody's counting. No, you know, they're too tired. They're not. They're not counting their Christmas exactly. gifts. They're not they're counting their Christmas. They're too tired. They're not holding it against you if you don't get them something. I mean, it's just yes. you know, this is another reason why I love talking to Jenna because she is an eighth grade teacher and she's but she's taught sixth and seventh as well, I think, in her career. Uh-huh. And I asked her about teacher gifts. Like, do you get? T-? And she said nobody gives middle school teachers gifts right. I mean no parents aren't like parents aren't making <laughs> right. like, handcrafting stuff for her right. you know, she might get cookie like she might get some extra right. cookies or something like that but she said for her the best thing in the world is when a kid on their own volition you know weren't told mm-hmm. they had to writes her a letter or sends mm-hmm. or makes her a card that makes her year and Aww. I just thought you know they're not in it like they wouldn't be teaching if they were in yeah. it for like the stuff and the, the swag that's not why you go into teaching and agreed. I just think that there's a lot of ways we can show appreciation just like you just said agreed agreed I did I feel like there was one other thing we were going to talk about and wasn't that all the days like the special days well, did we forget about that um that I think was part of or was it an know, add-on well, no, I think that was part of showing up for everything. The games, the practice, the rehearsals, oh, I right. kind of added that in there. But it does. There At our school, there are special themed days, it seems like, every week. So yeah. I think I wrote that in our, in our little show outline, that it does. It's, it's, another, it's another way you can feel pressure to participate in everything. Yeah, well, I agree. And, you know, often I don't even know about those days. Until yeah. it's like the morning and the kids are running around. They're like, we got to wear maize and blue today because that's where our school colors. I'm like, I, right. okay, I don't, I'm, okay, good luck. Good luck it's that. crazy yeah. hat day. I was like, I don't have yeah. a crazy hat. I yeah. don't know what to tell you. I don't own a crazy hat. I don't have yeah. a crazy hat for you. I don't have one for you. It's, it does get a little out of control at times. Yes. I, but wrote, um, I wrote a funny okay. post about that at the end of last school year that we can link to. And I, I gave some examples of themed dress days that I can get behind. Like I slept in these clothes last night. Right. Day. Oh, I love that pajama day. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Wear what they already have on. That sounds great. How about I didn't yeah. eat breakfast day? Because that would yeah. take like a no, little bit of a load totally off. in there. Like I ate my <laughs> breakfast in the car day. And my mom is really behind on laundry day. And, yeah. you know, so I can link to that Didn't too. brush my hair or teeth day. Like stuff yeah. like that could really Especially be Especially at the, now we're, we're all fresh at the beginning of the school year now, but that, that kind of stuff. Our, all of our themed dress days, I feel like are the last month of school. I'm like people oh, it's cannot crazy. even find clean underwear at the end of school. Like there is no themed dress. Anyway. I felt like I was being beaten over the head with like activities, assemblies, and themed days in the last month of school last year. And I was like, come on, you guys. Let's just reached, talk about this. It's reached a point where I feel like there's going to be some pushback. We're leading, we're leading the we're, Yes. We're the, the, it's going to, it's going to have to swing back in the other direction, I know. you know, the pendulum. Yeah. And I do, and I feel like when we were talking about this last year, what we sort of, as I feel like now thinking back when we were, I think we were grumpy about this last spring. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You and we I might've had a, a grump session. Yeah. Um, I think what we kind of decided was if your kid doesn't care enough about this yes. to come and tell you about it, like yes. in 24 hours, at least in advance, it's not big enough of a thing for you to get upset about right. or worry about. Right. I right. promise you not every other kid in the school is going to have a crazy hat on. And, we, on and even day. if they care and you miss it and they're heartbroken, that will happen. It just will. Yeah, that's true so, too. So, you know, apologize to your kid. If, there, if you think there's apology necessary, do better next time. And it's, we've all been there. Um, I did want you to share that story about when you thought that the Thanksgiving party was like optional. Do you know what oh, I'm talking gosh. about? You wrote yes. it in a Thanksgiving post. And so you were the yeah. only Yeah, this was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, my kids were, my two older boys, were oldest boys were going to a, a Catholic school for the first time. And it was one of those really tight knit schools where a lot of the parents went to this, the Catholic church, which we did not. And they all knew each other. And I did not. Like I was just really getting my feet wet in that school community. And there was all these letters coming home about a Thanksgiving dinner. Well, I was used to the public school model of the Thanksgiving dinner, which parents, you're not even allowed to go. Like in my right. kid's school now, that's just, it just means on that day, like hot lunch is turkey with right. some like, right. you know, box you gravy the or whatever. ahead of time or something. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Whatever. So I totally didn't pay any attention. I was pregnant. I had a toddler at home. I mean, when I say this was off of my radar, I mean, it was really off of my radar. It was never so on. that day, it was never on my radar. Yeah. It never even entered my consciousness. And so that day I'm... I went to the little bookstore in town, which was run by three moms whose kids all went to the school. And they were great ladies. And I loved hanging out and talking with them at the bookstore. And one of them said, yeah, so I tried to text you earlier. And I said, oh, well, what about? She said, well, you know, it was the Thanksgiving um, lunch. And I, I had no, I mean, I'm just sitting there like staring at her like, what? And finally, I'm reading between the lines. Yeah, she doesn't want to and come And I realize <laughs> that I was supposed to, like, all the parents go. Yeah. Every parent was there except for me. And my kids were crying because oh. I wasn't there. And she had to like basically take them under her wing and like be their mom, you know, and pretend, you know, and it was, I felt terrible, terrible, but yeah. I really just didn't know. Yeah. And 
you know, I apologized to my kids that night when they came home and just said, honey, I had no idea. The next year we went yeah, and it was great. And you know what? We all survived. Like, yeah. I, I think that stuff just happens. We're yeah. not perfect. We're just parents. Yes. <laughs> you know? No. We're absolutely. just adults who happen to have offspring. And yes. we're going to let people down sometimes ourselves. And sometimes you nail it. You know, sometimes you get to the That's end right. of the week and you're like, I nailed it this week. Like, right. You know, I, I was there. I looked good. So it's Yeah. Just... We've said a million times, it's the big picture that counts. Yeah. Not, not the details of today. What happened today? Today is over. You know. Do your best tomorrow. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And man, those teachers and the volunteers and the people, I mean, they, they, I think they, when they feel appreciated, it's because people are showing up. It's not because of right. any one, it's not any one event or any one gift. Person. It's, and they're not, and there's not like a check mark against you in everyone's head because you, right. It's, all this and time. they, and, and that comes through over time, you know, and I think yeah. that's what's hard when you're at the beginning of your school mom life is, is yeah. that's hard. You don't have as much track record. I know I've felt that way. Like if I couldn't make something and it was the first thing, it's like, well, I'm over one, you know, but as, right. you, yes. as you log some time. And now I can't possibly get to a hundred percent. I right. cannot get an A plus right. this year. Right. Exactly. But, but I'm shooting for like a B. The more you show up when you can and help when you can right. in the ways that you can, you know, they, people know, people know that everybody's yeah. doing their best. So yes. Well, we need to wrap this up. We went long we this do. time. Do we, we, we do. should probably throw in a little, please check us out on iTunes. Well, you're really good at that. I'm just to let you do that part. Yeah, I'm really Sarah. I'm really good at talking about, you know, leaving us a review. If you have not <laughs> left us a review or a rating on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen, uh you may not know this, but it doesn't just make us feel good. It actually helps other people find our show if it looks like people are talking about it and reviewing it. So that is one of the nicest things you can do. Probably helps us even more than those nice emails you could send us, although we love but You could do both. Too. You could do both. Um, and also please check us out on our social media accounts. We've been kind of building those. So like Megan said at the top of the show, um, search for the mom hour on Facebook. And we are also at the mom hour, both on Instagram and Twitter. And we're using those. And if you are on those places, say hi, just, you know, reply or comment to something we post and let us know that you're listening. And, um, anytime you want to share one of our shows, you think that your, you know, followers would love it. We appreciate that. So we're there. I also have to say that Twitter seems to be a really great place to find out about podcasts. It feels it like a very active yes, I um, think community of podcasters. I agree. And also hashtag following, if you are the type to follow hashtag, seems to just be more seamless on Twitter. So, um, you know, we're just using hashtags like podcast, motherhood, parenting, you know, yeah. some obvious, but you can find, you know, I have found other shows and other podcasters that way. Um, yeah. and, and we're uh, making an effort to promote more of them through our account at the mom hour. So, you know, if yes. you follow us, you're yeah. going to find out not only what we got going right. on, right. but you we'll, might we'll stumble across some great shows. show you didn't even know about. Exactly. Yay. All right. All well, of we're at the hour mark today. We'll be at the and this is episode 21. Um, and so in those show notes, we'll link to all the articles and the posts we talked about today and anything else that I discover as I'm putting those often, I put the show notes together and I think, Oh, we should have, we should have told them about this and I'll put it in there anyway. So sometimes there's some surprises in there that we didn't talk about, Bonus. but we probably should have. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Right. Well, Sarah, thanks for driving the bus today. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a fun episode. Anytime. Thank All you. Right. Thank you. Thanks, thank you. Everybody. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next week. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. The Mom Hour is brought to you by The Essential Calendar. Sarah, this is our favorite calendar for busy moms because its beautiful and simple design shows around three months at a time. Yeah, and with summer fast approaching, now is a great time to get the essential calendar and see what I've been raving about all these years. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash the mom hour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash the mom hour.